Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have an intentional mundane conversation to help you find your way, hopefully, to sleep. Thank you for joining us here today. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. I'm Amanda Barker. We'll guide you down some quiet, narrow, winding roads, hopefully, as we journey together. Amanda, what would you say if I mentioned cardigans, quiet streets, and poems? In that order. In that order, exactly. Sure. Well, for cardigans, that's, I would, that's the title of our show today. I would say, for me, there are two kinds of cardigans. There's the cardigan that is the sort of woven, oversized wrap around sleeves, sort of a little bigger than your arms, cozy by the fire kind of cardigan, which would be my favorite of the cardigans, and I have a few of those for sure. Now, do you use? cardigans for anything other than keeping warm? I do. So the other type of cardigan, which isn't that sort of oversized knit uh, type of experience, would be something very different. Uh, something that I'd wear over a sundress or dress or something. I, I do, as we know, I'm an actor and I, I do a lot of auditions where I'm a mom or a librarian or uh, a librarian who's a mother, you know. Wow. Quite a range I have. So um, I definitely wear my share of cardigans. I have some just for that purpose. And I know that your mom likes to buy you a sweater set. No, Well, no. She buys herself or used to buy herself sweater sets. So I've inherited some over the years. But you recently got a sweater set too. From her or not. I don't know. From her. It was not purchased for Oh, it wasn't. A, I thought it was purchased for No, you. no. So. I don't think so. What is a sweater set and do you enjoy wearing them? Um, well, a sweater set is a cardigan that has a matching sort of sweater or jersey tank top underneath. That's the same material anyway. So it's the matching underneath wear so that... Where the cardigan ends, the sweater begins. It's the same color when you say matching, right? Yeah. So she had a, she gave me a pink one and a blue one. And uh, if you really want to go back in time, people used to wear them with a the little chain at the top, like to connect the buttons. I don't oh. know if you've seen those before. They're not so popular these days. No. 
I so, could see you wearing a chain that connects it from, from yeah, place to place. Maybe I'll rock that. I know you have uh, an abundance of brooches. I inherited. I seem to inherit a lot of my things that I wear. So you don't, you're not a you're not a brooch person. Not you, by you, nature. Oh, I see. Yeah, not broochy by nature. No, not broochy by nature. But I do own a lot of brooches. Yeah. You know, I saw on the shopping channel, brooches are not cheap, They're which, not which cheap. surprises me. But there was a particular person who makes brooches. Oh yeah. Um, who was on there? Or her her things were on there. I won't mention the name because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be overly nice about it. But she had like, uh, it was for I guess Halloween, and so it was like a sparkly pumpkin. Okay. With a cat sitting on top. Was it the kind that, like, if you pulled the cat's tail, the pumpkin popped up the top? Or no, but that sounds awesome. Well, because they, you know, they make them, or they used to make them, where you could, like, pull on something and then it would move. It had some, like, Jack in the Box feature on the brooch. Oh. Do, you, do you remember these? No, I really don't. But they okay. sound fun. Would you wear that? The, the pump- I would, yeah, on Halloween. Now, this particular pumpkin cat combination was selling for $99. Okay, I would not wear that one. Would you? Wear, how much would the one where you pull the tail and the pumpkin the top comes And the off? pumpkin top or the cat head comes off? I don't know if it's the tail you pull, but okay. you, or you press a button. I'm sure. not sure. I would pay six ninety nine for that. Okay. That would be my max price. Fair enough. Coming Fair in enough. At, a, at just over 7 after taxes. Now, I don't have a lot of brooches, obviously, but I do have a lot of tie clips and tie pins that oh, I've yeah? acquired, inherited, etc. Do you have like a Halloween tie pin or tie clip? No. Do you have any seasonal things like that? I have the following. I have a tie that has, uh, I think, flamingos with Santa hats on them. Oh, really? I think I, I have a tie, tie that I've, says... I've never seen this tie. Um, Happy Hanukkah on it. Okay. And um, that's it. Oh, and I have some socks that are that were gifted to me that are Christmas socks. So we need to get you like a Valentine's tie, a St. Patrick's Day tie, pre- I, President's Day. I used to have a Nicole Miller tie that reminds you name dropper yes that that had a champagne bottle on it okay and other things and that was my new year's tie and i used to wear that for new year's okay and i don't know if i got rid of it which is a shame because it was one of my favorite ties and i would always wear it on new year's well maybe you still have it i have um i have earrings and like i have a necklace that i wear for saint patrick's day which is it's not real diamonds, but it looks good. It's like a, a really good cubic zirconia or something. And it's a shamrock sort of diamond necklace. I really like that. I but wear you that. could wear that shamrock anytime. It doesn't have to. So if it's a if the shamrocks are cubic zirconia mm-hmm. and not green, it wouldn't matter. No, it's true. I But for some reason, I only seem to wear it around St. Patrick's Day. But maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll put it on today. Like maybe I'll start wearing it. Well, March is around the corner, so... It's true, yeah. I have a Valentine's Day shirt that I'll probably get rid of soon, but it's... I don't know. I got it at a clothing swap. It's a nice... It's a blouse that is sort of a light pink with sort of doodly kind of black hearts, sort of... They're like... It's kind of a messier print, but like a... Sure. Fun, like playful hearts. Mm-hmm. And I don't only wear it for... It's, it's not so obvious that it feels like a Valentine's Day shirt, but I certainly... 
wear it for Valentine's Day. Right. Like I, I, uh, I keep it, it around for Valentine's okay. Day. And of course we both wear poppies for uh, Remembrance Day. Right. Yeah. I have, um. It's not really a brooch, but it is a pinned fl- flower sure. emblem that sure. you wear, so. I have a cardigan that is a big woolly one that has mm-hmm. little specks of, you know. I like, like that one. white kind of wool in it i'm wearing a cable knit sweater that i love that i got for christmas yeah that one's beautiful you got that from did carrie give yeah carrie and garrett yeah Yeah, it's so cozy looking i love it that's my kind of sweater yeah i i've always loved i have a cable knit sweater that i got when i was just out of high school i think Mm -hmm. that i still wear that i love and it's faded like it's no longer black it's kind of like this really light charcoal gray. I don't wear it often because... I don't think I know this sweater. Yeah, you've seen me in it. Oh, mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you have your Old Man Jones sweater that you love. It's a cardigan. That's a cardigan, Yeah, that right? is a cardigan. I don't love that. That was something I... <laughs> uh, see, you look fairly good in it. See, I don't think I look good in it. And the reason it's called the Old Man Jones sweater is Amanda, myself, Trevor, and Dale, good friends of ours who have been on the podcast, we were all in a sketch troupe and one of our sketches was called Old Man Jones, and I would wear it, and uh, I would wear that with a with a Mac cap. What's a Mac cap? It's it's um it's a cap. Um, I think the Brits call it a Mac, and it and it's kind of like like a page boy. Yeah, like a page boy, like what old like news, a newsy hat, kind of a newsy oh, okay. hat. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and I used I've to. I've never wear, heard that Mac cap. Well, you, you remember, I w- would wear it as Old Man Jones. No, no, but I've never heard it described as a oh. Mac cap before. Yeah, that's, I, I just, not even Mac cap, I think you just describe it as a Mac. Oh, okay. It was in a Beatles song, I think, Penny Lane, I think the, oh, really? I think in, in the, in the lyrics of Penny Lane, they say he's wearing a Mac, mm. mm-hmm. uh, if I recall, correct me if I'm wrong. And, uh, so that Old Man Jones wardrobe piece ended up in my closet that I use right. for auditions and whatnot so right but, I, but you call it an old man sweater to me it does not look like an old man sweater at all i feel like an old man when i wear it well uh, you look like a young old man old man <laughs> there you go <laughs> a younger old man so here's here's something else i wanted to talk about i want to venture from cardigans to quiet streets amanda oh okay so i grew up on a very quiet street uh where i grew up it was a cul-de-sac mm-hmm. um, called Twilight Terrace, mm-hmm. and it had a pretty name. This was before the Twilight movie, so n- no one really said the word Twilight in right in daily parlance. It wasn't so so daily parlance. Wow. Um, no, I mean I didn't say daily parlance in my daily parlance. You, you need either. to say daily parlance more often. I, I'll say this: we live on a pretty quiet street. We do. Yeah, it's sort of the. You know, we live downtown in one of the biggest cities. Is Toronto the biggest city? I think it's fourth. I think in population, you mean? Yeah. I believe it is Mexico City, Mm -hmm. New York City, Mm -hmm. Los Angeles, Toronto. Let's go through our favorite, because we've been to all those cities, you and I. You recently came back from Los Angeles. I did, as did you. Mm -hmm. But you went one time without me as well this month. I did. I went two weeks ago, and then Mm. I went last week. Anyway... And we can talk about that, certainly. L- well, let's talk about that. Let's sure. talk about each of our favorite quiet streets in each of these cities. Uh, so Mexico City is the most populous? 
I believe it's 9 million plus. So in Mexico City, there's a beautiful area called Coyacan. And the, um, the streets, there's a lot of beautiful, quiet streets in that neighborhood. It's a gorgeous neighborhood, sort of a nice light-filled square. Obviously, lots of restaurants sort of around it. But er- all the roads sort of leading into that square are these beautiful, narrow, winding, quiet streets. Frida Kahlo's uh, house, Casa Azul is on one of those streets, so it's well known for that. And there are people going in and out, but it's actually a very quiet home um, and, and certainly very colorful. It's blue and very lush. She had a beautiful lush garden. Right. Of course, you can see that reflected in her painting and in her work. Um, but it's also a very colorful, quietly colorful home. She painted um, wherever she could, however she could, right? So... The walls, the easels, um, there's even a sort of guest house that's beautiful there too. Um, Leon Trotsky was their neighbor, so his home is a few doors down. Right. Just very quiet sort of neighborhood streets, even though we think of Mexico City as a big bustling city. um, That neighborhood in particular is a very quiet, um, sunlit beautiful place to just sort of meander sure what sure. about new york you lived in new york i did live in new york i lived in the east village mm-hmm. but if i'm thinking of quiet places or quiet streets in new york i think of the cloisters it's not really a street but it's pretty big it's a museum where, where is that i think it's in the bronx okay yeah, yeah. so uh, i'm pretty sure it's in the bronx and it's this beautiful museum type place that Mm -hmm. has medieval art and they have a covered archway that is like a walkway Mm -hmm. and you're supposed i always got the impression that you were supposed to be quiet in the cloisters when you were going through that area it sounds almost like a nunnery i think that's what it was once before it became this place of art and reflection Mm -hmm. and it's not one of the sort of number one sites in new york that get listed Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where New Yorkers know about it, and if you're lucky enough to say, "I want to do something a little bit different," right? You go to the, you take the train to the, or you take the subway to the, to the uh, cloisters, and it's, it's, it's. You can spend some, some good time there. Oh wow! Yeah, and I always remember that as being a quiet place in a busy, uh, bustling metropolis. And so then, Los Angeles is the next most populous, mm-hmm. and so as you mentioned, I've been to Los Angeles twice already this year um one was a trip i didn't know i was about to go on i found out the day before uh to do some work there and then you and i both came back from there last week we spent 12 hours there and uh there's a few beautiful sort of more quiet areas in los angeles one of the ones that comes to mind is marina del rey Mm-hmm. which actually has a marina, true to its name, and uh, there's some gorgeous sailboats, and you can just walk along the breezy waterfront, fairly quiet and um, just a beautiful place to take a stroll. Sure. But more recently, you and I have come from um, probably my new favorite area of Los Angeles, and uh, as it turns out, I was doing work there a few weeks ago, and we have very, very close friends who bought a home there not too long ago, and we got to see it for the first time uh, this month, and uh, that's Santa Clarita. What a picturesque and beautiful 
area, they have, you know, those downtown sort of main drags mm -hmm. where they have old trees. Yeah. And those old trees have white lights on them all year round. Yeah. And at night you're just driving and you see these white trees, white trees, white trees, well, lit trees, I should say. I remember that. And what I really appreciated about Santa Clarita's downtown is that when you're in that main sort of area, it's not all sort of branded stores that you see right, everywhere. Right. It's kind of individual stores. Like there was one, one, the only one that I really remember was called Soapish. Mm -hmm. So I guess they had all your soap needs you mm -hmm. could want. And I love a town that, that has that. They have two theaters. One really, like you could tell yeah, it was an old did. theater. Sort of community theater, little hubs where you could mm. see an Agatha Christie show or, yeah. Or yeah. A lighthearted romp. I'm not really sure what they have, but we definitely wanted to explore it more. One of the things that's really charming about that street in Santa Clarita is, like so many places in California, they can't, by necessity, they can't build those buildings very high, right? right? So um, if you've been to some other downtowns in, in California, Monterey comes to mind, Sausalito sure. in the Bay Area, Carmel, very similar. So all the buildings in that downtown are no more than two stories, really, right. if that. Most of them are one story and uh, because of the topography and so on. Sure. And uh, it makes for a very quaint yeah. and sweet uh, downtown. One of the things I loved about that particular downtown in Santa Clarita is they have a really large, beautiful library. They do, At yes. the end of it. And you know, I'm a huge fan of libraries. So that was the one thing I didn't get to go to mm -hmm. that I can't wait to see next time I'm in Santa Clarita. So cool. Yeah, I'd love to go. In, and I got to experience it the first time a few weeks ago in the daytime. Mm -hmm. And so if you can imagine, because you saw it at night, if you can imagine uh, a sort of canyon country, rolling, sure. beautiful rolling hills, gorgeous mm -hmm. sunsets, you know, cattle grazing, corral fences, that type of topography. Really, really beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I think that's my new favorite sort of winding roads and streets in, and um, in it L.A. It has the oldest saloon ever made or something. Or the oldest continuously running restaurant? Something diner, like that, yeah. Something like that. A speakeasy that never sleeps. Every town or every county has something some claim to fame like that. And then that brings us to the fourth most populous North American city, which is... Toronto, our yeah. hometown. Now, we mentioned our street, which is a quiet sort of enclave, which we're very lucky about, um, sort of buffered on both ends by not-so-quiet things. Mm -hmm. But do you have a favorite quiet street in uh, in Toronto? I've mentioned this a few times. We've mentioned it on, on the podcast, but the Shim Sham is probably my favorite street. <laughs> Which goes by the real name uh, of... Rosedale Valley Road. Yeah, it's beautiful. So um, Rosedale Valley Road begins in the uh, northwest corner of the city, and it meanders through a really forest you wouldn't know exists right in the heart of the city. It's sort of like an, sort of like a vein of forest land that it's runs like through the city. Underpass of yeah, like a, where the where a big bridge is. Where there's like no homes. There's two homes on it. I shouldn't say there's no homes. There's two singular homes on it somehow, and uh, a home. What is now a home that used to be an artist studio by the group of seven who are. Um, 
very famous Canadian painters from the last century. But, um, but other than that, it's, it's all very winding forest. And so, yes, it starts in the northwest corner. And if you drive the, the entirety of it, which doesn't take you very long, because geographically speaking, from one end to any city to the other is not that long. It's more, you know, the other things that take a long time. Sure. Um, but if you were to do that, then it starts at the northwest and sort of ends, spits you out in the, um, in the southeast corner of and the city. The other thing that's fascinating about that is I've lived in the city all my life. Right. And it wasn't that long ago that I discovered this street which I'm sure a lot of people knew about it, that bisects the city. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's this this important street. Because it, it is very important. And I think the reason it became important was we're kind of on one end of that shimsham, right. yeah. and our dear friends are on the other end it's of that shimsham. Yeah. So I don't think I ever really went to the east end, right. the lower east end of Toronto. And right. so... Uh, now it has become a very important artery for me to get there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, my favorite quiet little street, now I don't actually remember the name of it, but our friend Laura lives there, so I'll call it Laura Street. Sure. But it is in the East End where the Rosedale Valley Road or Shim Shim ends. And uh, it's actually maybe two or three streets down um, from Degrassi. Street Now, Degrassi is also a very nice little winding street, but it has a bigger importance to us here in Toronto and in Canada because it was the street that they, I guess they based, I guess there was a school on it or I'm not sure. Maybe somebody lived there and that's why, I'm not sure why they picked Mm -hmm. that street of all streets. But um, Degrassi used to be the kids of Degrassi and then the one I knew was Degrassi Junior High. And, of course, I lived in Boston and watched it on PBS. It was a TV show about kids in junior high. And so that was my introduction. I knew I was moving to Canada the next year, so I watched it, studying it. How do they sound? What are they into? You know, what are the things they say so I can fit in? You know, when you're 12, those things are important. Uh, And then became, there's many incarnations to Grassy High. So that's a very well-known street. But about three streets down from that, there's this tiny little, I think at one point it was a laneway street. But what I think happened is that the ordinance has changed or some point it had changed sometime in the last century because it's a very narrow street and they have built houses all along it. It's a one-way street because it's so narrow. And the houses are all very petite, very... They're all row houses and they're very tiny and everything feels at a smaller scale. So the houses are smaller. The street is smaller. You imagine the cars to be more petite Mm -hmm. and smaller. And there's something about the smallness that I absolutely adore. And so going into any of those homes, walking down that street, finding a quaint, tiny postage stamp garden i love small cozy things so indeed for me that's my favorite street it's funny you mentioned degrassi um if you're not familiar with that particular program you might also not know that the superstar singer drake it's true got his start as an actor on that show one of the later not the one i watched because i'm old but although we have a good friend 
That's who right. Who made you a beautiful birthday cake? Who was on the original? Indeed. Degrassi. Um, but uh, and she's an amazing baker. But um, yeah, Drake was on, I believe, Degrassi High, which was a later incarnation where the kids that I knew had grown up had kids, and then the storyline followed their kids. I never loosely. Wa- I never watched it, but you didn't watch any of them. No, not okay. really. Uh, but I did want to ask you this, Amanda, yeah. as we're winding down the episode. Who's your favorite poet? Oh, right, because that was the other. I knew there was a third. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've said Robert Frost many times, but certainly he's not. I love him. I think Shakespeare, we forget sometimes what an amazing poet Shakespeare was. His sure. sonnets, Shall I Compare Thee to a Summer's Day, A Rose by Any Other Name, sure. etc. Um, there's some beautiful poems by Shakespeare. A lot Shakespeare. of comparison poems, it sounds like. Well, those are the two that I right. thought of. Um, I actually really love the work of Bell Hooks. Sure. She was also a literary theorist and uh, and very well known for her activism and her novels as well. But um, for me, her poetry really stood out. Um, Amanda Gorman, who is a, a live speaking poet. Well, I think she's a poet and also performs her poetry. Right. What is that called? Is there a word for that? Um, a Performance po- poet? A poet who reads? I don't know. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, I don't know her as well, but I would love to sort of know some of the younger poets of sure. today. Um, there's a, he's a poet and a somewhat rapper, Humble the Poet. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, from Toronto. Um, and he he's really interesting to me, too. And I think it should be said, a lot of songwriters are poets, yeah. right? My favorite poet is Leonard Cohen. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a retrospective art installation or something at the AGO, which oh, that's is the right. we were gonna go. Ontario Art Gallery, or the Art Gallery of Ontario, I should say, which we call the AGO. And we tried to go one time, and we didn't get a chance a to see it. A couple weeks ago, yeah. We'll have to go back. Yeah, I think it I think it ends in April, so we, we need okay. to go this month. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll let you know about that particular uh, exhibition. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I yeah. know. Well, that brings us to the end of this particular episode, Amanda. I hope you enjoyed putting on a cardigan, walking down a quiet street, and reading some poetry. Absolutely. Maybe writing some as you meander along your path. And wherever you meander to, we thank you for joining us. And we hope this episode was able to help you listen and sleep. <laughs>